should talk a little bit about Star Wars, Sean. So your opinion is it's not the greatest and it's not the worst. Yes. All right. Well, now I got to see it. (laughs) Yeah, I know I'm taking a real brave stance here. It's the Tuesday Night Podcast. This is episode 111. That's three ones for those that don't know how numbers work. One, one, one. And this is the Tuesday Night Podcast. The podcast that's all about the stories we make while playing the games we love on, around, and under the gaming table. With me, I have the peanut butter to my jelly, Sean McCoy. Hey guys, this is Hassan now. I don't know what that was, but uh, hey, everybody. How's it going? <laughs> and I have a special treat because today is a Sean episode because I don't have anything in my back pocket, but you do, Sean. So whip it out and shoot it out or whatever you take from here, sir. It's all you. So it's the holiday season, as all of you who are listening to this right now realize, or those of you in the future who are bumbling your way through a podcast are realizing just because I said that. It's the holiday season, and I'm out shopping for Christmas gifts. That's really what's going on. And I stopped by my friendly local gaming store, FLGS. In Dallas? In Dallas. Uh, It's actually in Plano, suburb of Dallas. Oh, okay. All right. Right. Because you're near Dallas. I'm near Cleveland. Go on. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. And I'm not going to trash this game store because I love it. Not true. I am going to trash them a little bit. They're called Madness Comics and Games in Plano, and they're huge, huge, the size of like a smaller to medium-sized grocery store. Would you say, Alan? I've brought you there before. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It's big. It has a lot of things. I like the way it's organized. It's nice. It's very, very nice. And the customer service people are very friendly. They always come up and ask me if I need help. The problem is they're like zero for 10 on answering my questions accurately. And... I'm, you know, I don't want to say like I'm a super board game insider. But you're a publisher for (laughs) board games, for tabletop games. You're part of Tuesday Night Games. So that alone kind of puts you by default ahead of 98% of the people that have dabbled in board games because you're knee deep in this industry. You just don't think about it because you're in it. Right. And if I compare myself to other people in the industry, it's like, oh, I'm a pretty casual board gamer. But then if I compare myself to the normal average everyday person, it's like, no, I've staked my entire life on board games. So that's a pretty big commitment. And alongside there being board games at the store, there's also comic books, toys, miniatures games, and card games, magic, that kind of thing. So those are huge genres to sort of try and be knowledgeable about. I totally understand. I worked in a comic book store. I get it. But it's more than once somebody's approached me and said, hey, are you looking for anything? I said, yeah, I'm looking for this game. And they've said, oh, yeah, no, that game's not out yet. And then I've been like, oh, oh, crazy. Okay, no problem. And then I just looked around for a bit and then I found it. And they're like, oh, we had it? Crazy. And so they're very friendly, but for me, they haven't been very helpful. It sounds like it's at the point where you can freely explain to them, don't blame yourself for giving me bad information. It's my fault for continuing to ask you expecting a valid answer. I should have learned a long time ago to stop asking. Yes, exactly. Part of this might be my personality, because if you've listened to our podcast for a long time, you may remember the story of me going to Fry's 
and shopping there and my problems at that location. So maybe I'm just a hard person to customer service. Yeah, in their defense, you kind of have that whole thing about you. Hey, that's a diagnosed medical condition. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I don't know what it is. I will say, real quick side note story, total derail. When I was in D.C. hanging out with B-Team Will, man, we were talking about what are superpowers, and I talked about mine is probably I can sleep anywhere within five minutes. I'm a very easy sleeper. What was his? His was... <laughs> White privilege. <laughs> no, his was that he, for some reason, is a magnet for crazy people. And I asked, what do you mean? And he says, look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Good point. It's a really good point. But imagine that we're in a crowded area and there's someone who's just really far gone. Someone whose cheese is way slid off their cracker. They will pinpoint Will. This is what he's explaining to me and come right for him. For instance, someone will get on the bus and they'll look at all the open seats and they'll scan almost like Terminator, and they'll see Will (laughs) and go sit right next to Will. This is very interesting. But sure enough, as I'm walking around and hanging out with Will in D.C., that is exactly what happened. (laughs) So here's the story. Will and I are hanging out in Washington, D.C., and... We're about to play his card game, Vanguard. It's not his card game. It's just he has a podcast about Vanguard, and he loves this game. It's called Drive Chick. His podcast is called Drive Chick. It's a trading card game. Look it up. Anyway, suddenly we get this idea. Let's go crash a wedding, because there's this wedding going on in this beautiful part of Washington, D.C. We go to the wedding. We get there late. Some people are... We'll say inebriated. Part of this wedding, it's at this beautiful type of resort that's atop of a hill, almost a mountainside that overlooks all of Washington, D.C. I do not know the name of it offhand, but it's well known because it has this gorgeous view. The weird thing is you have to take this elevator all the way to the top floor, and the roof of this building has been modified so you can have events on it, regardless of the weather. So it has these storm walls, whatever. But because of this, there's this really long ass hallway. Think of it as just this rooftop tunnel leading to the main procession area where everyone's partying. There's a line of us walking down this narrow hallway. There's probably five or six of us. And I'm walking in front of Will because you have to walk single file. Then there is the crazy person we see. There's this man, so drunk, staggeringly drunk, can't walk, he can't talk, he's singing to himself, reminds me of some of the schizophrenics I've seen in prison. He's wearing a kilt. He's got a big red beard, and it's one of those awkward things where everyone is looking at him, but as he starts looking at us, this procession of six people walking down this narrow hallway, we try to avoid eye contact. Talk about a hot mess. This guy was on fire. So we're walking down this hallway, and we walk past this guy, single file, one after another. I walk by, 
Will walks by, but then this guy, after he walks by, stops, turns his head, looks at Will, comes back around, staggers towards Will, and starts staggering right next to Will, puts his arm around Will, and just magically wants to hang out with Will the rest of the night, even though he can't even communicate. (laughs) Will gives me this expression. He looks into my eyes that communicates everything, basically telling me, this is what I'm talking about. This is that superpower (laughs) that I'm cursed with. (laughs) It was amazing. Out of nowhere, out of all the people, he walked right by us, but he, something, he smelled well. I don't know. He just stopped and glued onto Will. It was, he did a double take. He walked by, he looked at all of us. He looked at Will, walked in, and then he looked back and then right onto Will. (laughs) So superpower or super weakness, whatever, but go on. So your superpower is you get the worst <laughs> of the customer service. That was the train of thought. I think the thing that Will and my superpowers have in common is that we exceedingly only view the world through our own lenses. And so it's like, why is everything always happening to me? <laughs> That's like what but our superpower validated is. for my time hanging out with Will. And I couldn't tell you what Will had going on that drew the crazies to him but he's i don't know pheromones he's got really pretty eyes he's got very striking eyes yeah, he's a good looking man so maybe that's it he's good looking yeah but we didn't say he's attracting gay men or very promiscuous women or it doesn't seem sexual in nature at all i could totally be wrong it's just crazies are just drawn to him magnetically supposedly and validated verified for my time with will yes so what was what else <laughs> happened because is there more to the story of besides bad customer service yeah it wasn't anything crazy i was just shopping around and it was very busy because it's the holiday season because it's the holidays people are playing games people are running their D games people are shopping i thought it was great it was really cool to be in a, a hustling bustling board gaming store and then I, you know, saw somebody come up to me and ask me for help. And I was like, no, I'm not going down that road again. And then they asked this older guy for help. And he was like, hey, what would be a good introductory dungeon crawl game for my kids? Ooh. And she brought him over to Super Dungeon Explorer. Ooh. Which you own. Do you think you could describe that to the audience at home to give them a good idea of like why I might think that's a terrible suggestion? <laughs> Yes, I won't do it in an elevator pitch. I'll save it for maybe something later this episode. But some main points. Point number one, it's like over a hundred bucks. It's super expensive. Point number two, it takes like three to five hours to assemble the miniatures because they don't come assembled. You have to glue them together. They come in the sprues. You have to go ahead and disconnect. It's a to-do. And that's if you know what you're doing. Point number three is that after you assemble all these pieces, they don't even go back in the box very well. And point number four, it is not an introductory dungeon crawling game. In fact, it's more like Gauntlet in that you're just hack, 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 hacking away and trying to get to generators. Then you are exploring dungeons and leveling up and whatnot. Yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. So in the salesman's defense, it's really pretty. And maybe he was going for the big sell. So it looks like it could be something very epic. And oh my goodness, look at this. This is a game that will last for years and years and years. So it has that marketability. 
Right. It was maybe a good upsell. You know, it's it's pricey, it's pretty, it's got a lot of production value. I was just sort of disappointed because I was like, man, this doesn't say intro at all to me. So when she left, I approached the guy and I was like, hey, sorry to like spook you or anything. Don't want to be nosy, but I couldn't help but hear that you were looking for an introductory dungeon crawl game. This is for your kids or nieces and nephews or something. Like, can you give me some background on like, how old are these kids? What's the heaviest game they've played? Stuff that I feel like you should ask a customer if you're about to give a recommendation, right? As opposed to just take them to the most expensive game you sell. And we talked through it and I gave him some recommendations, but I thought that would be a really good topic for us to talk. Because basically what he said was his kids and him had just finished watching Stranger Things. And all the D&D that the kids play in that game got his kids asking about what kind of dungeon crawl games were out there. I don't know if they're ready to make the plunge into D&D, though I recommended it, but they play Dominion. They like board games. And so that's sort of where he was coming from. And so I thought, Alan, you've got a pretty encyclopedic knowledge of games. Oh, I thank you, Sean. What would you recommend thank you for noticing. as an introductory dungeon crawl board game? Excuse me, Sam. Do you have the time? But of course, it be topic time. <laughs> All right, so this is the challenge. There's three ingredients in our cauldron of the board game magic. We're mixing in Stranger Things, board game, and Dungeons and Dragons. Man, that's a tough mix when you put in Stranger Things. I'm already thinking 80s. Right away, first off the bat, I would try to lead them towards maybe a simpler role-playing game than Dungeons and Dragons. I don't know how old his kids are. There's a lot more questions that I have. For instance, I know that there is Untold, which is the Rory Story Cubes role-playing game that they just came out with. And that has a very easy entry. It's more storytelling. It's very rules loose. So it's a great introduction to role-playing games. So I don't want to get away from the role-playing game too much. I recommended uh, the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition starter set because it's $20 and it comes with everything you need. And Dungeons and Dragons is not that hard. I think what's hard about it is that somebody has to be the game master. I think that's the part that spooks people, is they think there's like a right or wrong way to do it. But this game has been played by kids forever. There's kids playing it in the show. So that's definitely something I recommend it. It's like, hey, it's got dice. It's got a little scenario. It might even have character sheets. It's got a little 20-page rule book. If they want to just take the plunge, don't go buy two $45 books. Just buy the starter kit. You've got plenty in there to be playing for months and months and months, if not years, if you really want to dig into it. Yeah. So Untold Adventures Await is another foray into that. So I agree. You could just get into Dungeons and Dragons and just reel it back and keep it nice and simple. So I think I don't disagree with your recommendation at all. Untold is relatively inexpensive. The base game was 20 pounds on Kickstarter. So 26 bucks. That's just 26 bucks. That's a minor investment. It has really high quality components and it's infinitely expandable with more Rory story cubes. Well, I shouldn't say infinitely expandable. You can just bring in Batman. You can bring in the regular Rory story cubes. We had Michael Fox on an episode of this podcast talk all about it. So there's that one. There's also, now this one's more in the expensive end, but there's also Storm Hollow. Storm Hollow was something that I backed on Kickstarter And it goes for like 200 bucks though, but it's really self-contained. It has everything you possibly need to play in that $200 and it's gorgeous. So it's trying to become this heirloom game. The cool thing about Storm Hollow is it's all self-contained and it's beautifully packaged. And I like the theme of it because the theme's all about kids popping in to some adventure and then popping right back out. 
So you can do nice self-contained one hour games of Storm Hollow and it justifies itself with you constantly coming in and coming out. So if next week you invite your little friend Timmy to come along, no problem. Timmy can pop right in. In fact, that's what the player characters are called. They're called poppins, poppins. So instead of like humans or whatever, they're poppins. But the environment is every story ever. For instance, the narrator, this is so cool because I'm a geek with fairy tales, is Shaharazad, which is the main narrator from 1001 Arabian Nights. Jack is in there from Jack and the Beanstalk, Big Bad Wolf, all the characters from all the stories, it's all there. It reminds me of the Page Master. It kind of does, yeah. You remember that Macaulay Culkin? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It kind of borrows from that. From the creator of an American tale. You're in need of adventure. Wow. Whatever you imagine. All is possible. 20th Century Fox presents Macaulay Culkin as you've never seen him before. Look at this place. On a fantastic journey into a land of endless wonders where he'll scale the heights of the world's greatest adventures. Moby Dick! Elsipi Treasure Island! Happy birthday! And bring back the ultimate prize. You've got to fight to make a wish come true. That's it, boy! His own courage. Yes! Macaulay Culkin. You're the greatest. Christopher Lloyd. Triumph here and always. This Thanksgiving, take your family to a world beyond imagination. The Page Master. So if you have younger kids, that's great. It has some crazy age recommendation of like 13 plus, but the theme is meant for six-year-olds and I could see eight-year-olds playing it very easily. That's Storm Hollow. Going back to the like cheaper end, the next thing I think I would recommend is Dungeon, the old game Dungeon, which Woo! is like $20, maybe even before Dungeons and Dragons came out, if not very, very close to publication after the original white box that came out. I am Morley, the wizard, introducing you to adventure. It's Dungeon Fantasy Board Game. This family is on a challenging adventure in a scary dungeon, seeking treasure guarded by strange and wonderful monsters. Take it from Morley, Dungeon and Dungeons and Dragons games from TSR play better. After all, <laughs> we are the game wizards. It's almost like Candyland. You just go around a map, you go into rooms, in rooms are monsters guarding whoa, 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 treasure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You kill the monster, you get the treasure. I would love to elevator pitch this one because I think you did it before as a miner, and I hate to interrupt, but... Can I elevator pitch this as a minor? I know that's very... Yeah. Why don't you elevator pitch it? Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Because I think in a previous episode, you did do this, and it was our first episode where you were a minor, and I never got to try it out. So I think I'm ready. Ding me, SBJ. Ding, Alan. Now, she working on the... I've been working on this here mine all day long, and for years, really, and now I'm excited to show you all the work I've been doing. Problem is, monsters moved in. Now, that's where you come in, in the game dungeon. It is like Dungeons and Dragons, as light as can be, meets shoots ladders. You just go in and you move five spaces 
never turn, go into a room, draw a card, and roll dice to see if you beat the monster and get the treasure. Get enough treasure, get out, and you win the game. It really just boils down to how well can you roll them dice. But there's different character classes too, like there's rogues and clerics and mages and some other class that I don't care about because <laughs> I'm a miner and they have different abilities like the rogue can find secret doors easier but uh, the wizards have spells it gives you just a flavor it's super simple <laughs> I gotta go back in and mine some more around those monsters and bye <laughs> That was pretty good. That was, that was my minor. I liked it. Because you couldn't tell if he was a minor or if he was somebody under 18. That's what I liked about it. You know, there's, it's weird. It's the horseshoe effect. You're a kid. You grow up. You get old. Are you a kid again? Kind of. So that whole horseshoe that the two opposite ends are actually closer together than they are further apart. But yeah, so Dungeon is super simple. You just roll dice. In fact, this is crazy that you even mentioned this. I just played it for the first time with my partner, Crystal, two nights ago. Did you guys like it? It's really too simple for most people. In fact, it made me think of Clank in space because Clank in space basically has the same premise. Get into the dungeon, get as much treasure as you can. Actually, it's just a single artifact in Clank in space and get out. And you want to do that before you die. Well, in Dungeon, you just have to be the first one back after you get the treasure, which can still be with Clank. But Clank has so much more to it. It's a deck building game. There's a lot more environmental hazards. There's different strategies to it. Where this one literally is just flip over a card, roll the dice to see if you beat the monster. If you don't, you get kicked out, you lose some treasure, etc., etc. Shoots and Ladders meets Dungeons and Dragons. I think you're right. It's, it's a very simple game. Maybe even too simple for people, but I think it's for the price and the history. If you get a vintage copy, it's a nice little board game. It's certainly a lot closer to introduction to dungeon crawling than, say, Super Dungeon Explorer. And I think it leads really well into, like you said, Clank, because these kids liked Dominion or whatever. So I think Clank's a great addition. Here's one I also threw out at the guy as kind of the reverse dungeon crawl was uh, Boss Monster. Another affordable game, really well loved by a lot of people. Not my favorite game in the world, because I think it's about a smidge too short, but it's got that feeling of, while you're not crawling through the dungeon, you're building a dungeon for other people to crawl through. This doesn't create like a hair-tingling experience of like what it's like to be in a dungeon the way, like say, Clank would, but it, it does sort of exist in that same realm. And it has that nostalgia of video games, so if your kids have played video games and then they're coming into board games, this is somewhat of a segue. I know some people have issues where they say, I want my board games to be board games and my video games to be video games. Please don't cross over with pixel art, but whatever, that's getting a little elitist. I have one that's not out yet, but I'm excited about that is right on the Stranger's Things RPG. And that recently ended on Kickstarter, and that's the RPG called Kids on Bikes, Strange Adventures in Small Towns. It's created by our friend John Gilmore, who created Dead of Winter, also Doug, Lewandowski, who's made Gothic Doctor and Seven Minutes in Hell. But this is an adventure role-playing game. I don't know how complicated it is because I don't have it yet. It's still being published. Hopefully when I get it, I can see if it's simple or difficult. I can't see an age limit and I apologize. I'm looking at the Kickstarter page right now, but this is cool. It takes place before 
anyone had a camera phone before GPS and before Google. And it's basically Stranger Things, the RPG is what I'm looking at. Hopefully it's simple enough. That looks interesting. Doesn't look like my cup of tea, but it does look pretty cool. The art's kind of interesting. I'm not, like, I like Stranger Things. I have this weird aversion to the whole, like, Stranger Things gold rush going on right now. Partly because it's, like, it's just throwback. And I'm the biggest, like, vintage sucker in the world. But a lot of people are remaking the Stranger Things theme into all sorts of different media, right? Like, oh, man, wouldn't it be great to be a kid in the 80s and then play D&D and have there be monsters? Which seems fine. I don't know. It's just kind of tired to me right now. I just played with my cousin Rachel. Stories Untold. This is a computer game, story-driven, Stories Untold. It was really intense and fun, and it was parser-based for the most part. And for the uninitiated, parser-based means you have to type the commands, where the parser, that blinking light that you'd have in DOS where you type in, you actually see the computer, and you can look around at everything else that's in the room, and the computer on which you're playing the game is only one of the things in the room. I don't want to plot spoil, but it gets crazy intense really fast. It's a good story. Very cool. Should we wrap it up? Sure. I'm not sure if we're going to be on next week because it's so close to the holiday. Whoa, Christmas is only six days away? Damn. Hey, there may be an episode, there may not be. Who knows? We'll find out. I'm Alan Gerding. (laughs) A-L-A-N-G-E-R-Ding. You can find me on the Facebook and the tweets. I'm Sean McCoy. I'm on Twitter. If you look hard enough, not too hard to find. You'll figure it out. You can also follow us at at playtkg. Or you can email us at podcast at TuesdayNightGames.com. Please do. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, and everything that you want to know. All right. Hey, it's your show, Sean. Take it away. With that, this episode is... Oh, how is he? He just put in my... I believe... Finished! 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 Pretty good episode. Pretty good episode. (laughs)